Hello, and welcome to Sounding Out with Izzy, the podcast where we have conversations with musicians, music producers, publicists, live promoters, zine makers, journalists, and more about their experiences working in the music industry as women, non-binary, and queer people. I'm your host, Isabel Corp the founder of the Queer Femme music-based blog and YouTube channel, A Girl's Two Sound Sense. Joining me today are Bridget and Haley from the Dream Pop slash Math Rock band from Chicago, OK Cool. We'll be diving into their latest album, Fawn, a mesmerizing blend of ethereal melodies and twinkling riffs. We'll also explore their experiences in radio and the concert industry, gaining insight into the magic behind live performances and taped audio. Plus, we discover that we share a mutual obsession with Midwest emo and the various amalgamations of modern emo waves, discussing emo's evolution and lasting impact. And without further ado, let's get right into this episode. Well, welcome. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. So why don't we start off for archival purposes? You can each tell me what time it is, what the date is, and where you are. Okay. The time is 1.33 p.m. in Chicago, Illinois, and the date is Monday, April 24th, and my name is Bridget. The time and the date are the same for me, and I'm at work, (laughs) and my name is Haley. I am also at work and the time for me is 2.30. I am in my home and I am Izzy. Are you like as in, as in you're working from home or as in like the podcast is work? I'm curious, just curious. I am working from home and the podcast is a labor of love. Yes. Yeah. But if you are curious to know, I do work in the music industry as well. So, Me too. What do you do? I do marketing for a digital agency called Crowdsurf, who works basically on doing social numbers for a lot of clients, most of them pop stars, which is kind of funny because like, I don't listen to a lot of pop music, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can find me at like DIY basement gigs during my free time. And then yeah. in the day hours, I work for pop stars. Well, what do you do? That's funny. I book at a couple of venues here in Chicago. Nice. I so, work at yeah. WBEZ. Very cool. Y'all. I guess to start off, would you like to tell me a little bit about how the band started? Sure. So Haley was in a cover band for a long time since she was like 13 years old. And I fast forward, I guess, to when we were in college, we went to different colleges, both in the city here. We grew up in the burbs, like 45 minutes apart, didn't know her. But at one point in college, like I was trying to get back into just like being in bands and stuff like that. And so I had been drumming in an original band for a while. I think that came first. I'm actually not sure at this point. But regardless, Haley was looking her for a new drummer for her cover band and found me in a Facebook group and then reached out. And I've been kind of iffy on it because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be playing cover songs. I wanted to be playing original music. But 
I also didn't have a ton of experience like playing drums like in any sort of capacity like in public I did it a lot like in my basement at home and like just taught myself and was just kind of drumming to songs that I liked but I eventually I decided to take it because I just wanted the experience and you know it would still be fun to you know get paid to play drums you know for a summer or two and and do that and through that we actually ended up like realizing we had a lot of like similar interests like musically and not musically and that we just like actually really like gelled in practice and beyond so that was how we met and then we ended up kind of just taking that and resurfacing it in other musical projects because we were both the rhythm section then an original band and then we kind of jumped off that into what this is now which is just us making like all of the the music so that's kind of the abridged version Very did i get it right Haley? <laughs> yes you nailed that you were there too so thank you i was there and what sort of covers were you playing when it was a cover band 80s 90s 2000s today <laughs> you know, it's like pop hits What's the most memorable cover that you did or a few of the most memorable covers you can recall? <laughs> most memorable? I think uh, Don't uh, walking Stop Believing. On, don't Stop Believing. Walking on Sunshine's up there because I absolutely hate that song. Yeah, there's a couple big, big songs like that. that we just Definitely some I, I just can't, we can't hear anymore without like thinking about just like our version of it or whatever it's not like we really listened to that music before either though so no it's not a big, not yeah a big loss. But i didn't just i just like didn't have the same like uh, just like visceral reaction to like walking on sunshine as i do now yeah. so that's that pretty cool fair. yeah and how long ago was that 2017 maybe that sounds that's 2016 16 really yeah it would have been right when we started college when i started college so yeah yeah that sounds about right wow it's insane how long ago 2017 already was i know that was around when also when i started college it's crazy and i guess that, yeah that is that is like six years ago now right yeah hmm I went to art college. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't do that. <laughs> we didn't learn about six there. <laughs> no, we didn't do numbers. <laughs> yeah. I am, well, really obsessed with, like, the sound you guys have, like, cooking up, coming up on this, like, new project and the single that I heard. So, like... I'm curious to know what your recording and practicing like process looks like as a duo. Do you have like, or even live, do you have a full band on stage with you or is it just the two of you for the most part? Yeah. So, so when we recorded, it's just the two of us because, you know, you can play to a track that you played before, but obviously live that wouldn't really work out too well. So we have two friends of ours, Tommy and Josh that play guitar and drums live in the and the okay cool live experience as we, as like, we like to call it, it. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah when we record i i track drums and then Haley does bass and then beyond that it kind of depends on like who came up with the idea we usually end up singing but we have a tracks that like Haley did the guitar and vocals for on the new record and like she's done like she like pops in like other lead guitar parts pretty often too so beyond that it's kind of like a mix that kind of d just depends on the song from there 
which I think is like a I don't know it keeps things very fresh like I just I don't really feel bored doing this because it's like someone's probably gonna be doing different stuff each song more or less yeah and what I think is really cool is like that whenever like I talk to duos like everyone seems to have like a different sort of process with like the whole performance versus like recording dynamic and like you said you can like play to the track in the studio and stuff like that but you can't really do that live it, it would be impressive if that was possible though I mean I, I mean, guess some it people, is yeah if some you have like a tracks. looper or something yeah some yeah. people do tracks or something but that's just not really the route that we felt like suited right. music and also like I've I've played in like a band like I was a drummer in like way far back like I don't maybe like post high school I was a drummer in a band for a while that like had me like on a laptop back there like queuing up tracks and it was like a it was so stressful b something almost always went wrong like technologically it's just like it just comes to the point where it's like is this really what is really worth the hassle here and like I find that like a full band live is, is so engaging as it is like I think it's it's more fun to have more people to watch in general. So I think it's definitely worth worth doing, you know, with some some extra hands. Yeah. And since you like work in booking, like I assume that you are constantly like witnessing that. And so do you find how do you find that you're able to still enjoy the live experience without I guess assessing it when you're watching a band i think like intentionally like when i'm working production i am watching the show but i'm also like watching the crowd i'm trying to make sure there's no underage people drinking i'm talking to security i'm kind of going back and forth between a couple of different places so i'm kind of looking at it as like you know overseeing the whole event a little more than just like just kind of watching the show or checking with the sound engineer making sure they're all good when i go to a show to enjoy myself i i really I, I do kind of like it's hard to a little bit to knock the assessing portion just in terms of like wondering if like things are or if something sounds weird trying to not get involved or, or anything like that but it also helps to you know be standing there with friends and and not in the sound booth kind of like looking over everything but it is it is definitely it is definitely an interesting experience kind of depending on the role that you play yeah, and wh what about you, Haley? What what is your live experience like? Because you work in radio, is that correct? Mm -hmm. So I, don't know. I I work for talk radio, so I don't know that there's right. too much like crossover that that makes me feel that way. I see. Uh, are there ever like any in studio performances, or is it usually just like talking, pretty much? Yeah, and I've worked for music radio before where they did like kind of live performances of, of bands and stuff. And I think that can be really exciting and it's easy to get swept up in, but I don't know. I, I don't think it really applies too much directly to what we do in our day to day. To go back to the band, I really love the sort of math rocky, like dream pop sound. Yeah, I think, I think that's definitely like the result of like the way that our, because it's only two people, like the two influences that we have are, or the influences that we combine, we each get a, a really good, like, fair share of that. Because I I definitely am, like, right at the point where I'm at, like, that gateway kind of math rock where I, I don't listen to things like, 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 Toe or, like, Chan too often or things like that. But kind of stuff that uses a little bit of the, like, like, you know, the band Max Seal, for instance? 
stuff like that where it'll incorporate like that classic twinkly as everyone knows but it's not as far as you know we're doing 17 four time signatures and we're getting super super crazy with it and we can't really follow where the song is going i like to kind of have that like that that just kind of lingering over that math rock edge and then just kind of doing some classic like catchy indie rock stuff emo influence definitely so i would say like i don't know what i've listened to the past year is like a lot of like indigo to Souza kind of stuff alex g like foxing i like grew up on like a lot of like green day and like pop punk you always um, cite spirit of the beehive for the spirit of the beehive has definitely yeah. pushed me to, to try and make stuff more weird and like math rocky too yeah. like i've been getting, getting more into like shoegaze as i get older too and just kind of being really curious about like tones and weird pedals and what what those can do for your music too joyce manor is one i always go to as far as my influences just like that really consistent like i don't know angsty kind of like grungy indie slash emo like right in the middle there i think there's like a really cool sweet spot that i, I like to try and, and hit yeah. and then Haley, what would you say for your influences a lot of the same ones, but a little bit different, like Rosie Tucker, or I, I think I'm a little bit like a diet version of some of the bands that Bridget likes sometimes, but you like yeah. a little, you can definitely, you like a little bit more of like that dreaminess that I think gets incorporated into our stuff too. Yeah. Haley Williams, that kind of, yeah. Shimmery guitaries, but not, not as much math. Like we said, I'm not good with numbers. <laughs> God damn it. Would you tell me a little bit about the upcoming EP and how it came about? Yeah. Yeah. The, Go for it. Haha. -ha. These these are just some songs we've been kind of cooking up over the last couple of years, I think we determined. I think you said the last one, like Normalcy is maybe the first one, and that kind of was like December twenty twenty one. Is that what we I think I think so. Earlier? I don't know. I, think so. I don't know. Around then. And it's just kind of <laughs> been like a, a catalog of working on things since then, kind of slowly over over the months and years. And it, it, it takes a long time of, you know, writing the songs and then putting everything together behind them before you can actually put it out. So we're just finally getting to that phase of it but yeah yeah what is wild is that like it's it's april 2023 now we started recording drums for this record in july of 2022 so we are getting on a full year of when we started this entire process which is wild and this song yeah being written even before then so it's just like yeah no. yeah that's a good point yeah. it's just i don't know it's insane i guess also because the total ep is like 15 17 minutes max and it's like what someone will get through in 15 minutes took us a whole year to produce. Yeah. It's just, it is really crazy to think about. And I think that's like, we, like, I'm glad we, you know, we obviously have day jobs. And so that's a big reason why things can't happen quicker. But I think as far as like records go, they kind of make themselves depending on like, you know, we, a year passes by and now we have this cluster of songs. I think like it'll be interesting going forward to see if we can experiment with trying to put things out a little quicker and just kind of like release a track maybe now and then because I think it's it's interesting to like have these finally coming out when like we said we wrote them so long ago it feels it's felt like a couple times like we're playing catch up with this EP and our last EP like there's not too many like demos we have now that are just like waiting to do something with mm -hmm. which is a cool spot to be in yeah and what made you go with normalcy as the single we put out three singles now they're all out the first one was normalcy i feel like that was just a really like good 
first glance at what people could expect. I think it was just kind of a, I don't know. That was when we first started playing live because we just felt really good about it. It was just kind of like a solid track for us. And I think it kind of has a little bit for everybody just in terms of, again, like that dreaminess and that kind of little bit of edge. I don't know. We just felt, we just felt like it was like solid live and people were responding to it pretty well. I don't know. Anything yep. to add? We had a good amount of time to workshop that one. It kind of was early in its creation and yeah, early in its playing on stage. So mm -hmm. felt like the right course. And uh, what made you go with the always sunny outro? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I mean, I just wanted to use more samples on the upcoming re record in general. And so I was just kind of brainstorming what would be like funny to put on the end of something like that. And my roommate and I, like we, I think we've watched the whole series through twice now. So I thought like the second time through, I was kind of listening for, I don't know, things to like, just like throw in a song. And when I like heard something about like, you know, if it's a character talking about like music or like rock and roll, I'm like, well, that makes a lot of sense. And it's pretty funny. So let's use it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I love that series. Like the whole there's so many like iconic like sound bites and like m so much meme material too. the whole kitten mittens thing. <laughs> yeah, it's truly so hard to choose sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious for each of you, like how and when did each of you start and like making music? I I started learning guitar in like fifth or sixth grade and was just in kind of like unofficial, you know, like Rock Academy was like the, the place in my hometown. It was just like this like independently owned like little place that like you could go and they would kind of form you like little quote unquote bands. And then you would play like three cover songs every like two or three months in a bar downtown. And so I did that for most of like just growing up. And then when I went to college, I really started trying to find like original projects to join. So I would say like like any like sort of hand in writing, I would say I didn't really do that until I was like, I don't know, 18 or 19. And yeah, the, like these songs are the first time that like I've like saying anything or like written in that capacity. Um, and so we started this project in 2020. So it's all feeling very fresh. So, yeah. I, I started playing guitar when I was in third grade and did a similar thing at a different little music school. And yeah, I mean, I, I kind of tried to write some songs when I was a kid, but they were mostly like blatant ripoffs of other songs or like changing the words or something like that. But I think that that kind of came more into fruition in high school for me, just writing shitty songs in my bedroom. So <laughs> hmm. now I have to know like what sorts of songs you were ripping off. Can you remember any of them? <laughs> Like whatever my parents listen to, you know, before you even have music tastes of your own because you're like nine. So like Offspring or like whatever my dad was into, you know. <laughs> and when you, I guess, started writing your own material for the project, for this project, okay, cool. What would you say was one of the biggest sort of aha moments that you had where you realized that you two had like really good working chemistry as songwriters and players? I think the one, the first song that we wrote that like really worked out for us that we felt good about was I Can't Stand in Ice Skates, which ended up being the first thing that we like put out under this name. Like we were just kind of, we had been messing with some stuff, just like the two of us, just honestly, just because we were bored. But I think like, that was the first one that like came together when we kind of like were 
feeling not bad about it. I think it was very like default for us to like try to write something and be like, this sucks. But that was yeah. kind of the first part where we weren't like intent, like entirely like joking, I think. But I think the writing chemistry just came from like years of playing together and being friends. So I, I don't I don't think that there's like a ton of like, I don't know, weird feelings about jamming together alone. So I think it just kind of came out of that. Yeah, it just took a while to like, I don't know, really know how to start a song and like figure out how to like make it go a certain direction and like i don't know write lyrics and i don't know it was like a lot of new experiences that we're just kind of like trying to figure out how it all works at all Hmm. and do you find that you still have a lot of like those challenges where it's just like oh when will this thing like coalesce and move forward do you find that's like a universal writing experience for a lot of songwriters especially it's it's hard to speak for everybody but i do think that yeah a lot of those themes are still present where you like start working on a song and either it's gonna make it or it's not like i don't know sometimes you just hit a wall after you've been working on something for a few hours and that can be really disappointing but it's part of the process i think and also like I know we've both said before, me and Bridget, that like we ebb and flow in when we feel like writing, and it really, unless you're flexing the muscle, it doesn't always come out. And there might just be like a random spurt where it hits you, and you're like, I have an idea, and then you go make it, and then all of a sudden you're back into writing again. So it, it's really all over the place. Yeah, I, I, it, it still feels like I'm just trying to figure out how to do it at all, like without it being so intensely exhausting sometimes because i think almost like all the songs that like i've like started i had to like at least finish the structure of the song like in one sitting and like honestly the majority of the lyrics too like something about just having to capture the mood is like so dependent on like that particular moment in time but it can be so exhausting because of that too when you're trying to like make it come together for yourself and you can't figure out where it should go or what word would would work in this certain part or what melody like would be good enough and then like you're just trying to live up to like your own standards and expectations as well so it's definitely something i'm still trying to figure out how to make happen more organically and less self-punishing but we are getting there yeah and are there any specific ones that you ended up like having to ditch because it just wasn't their time but ended up returning to songs we had I had had a a demo that was on the back burner for quite a while called Treat Me Nice that I didn't know at all what to do with because like like most of our songs it's really short but I I didn't really f- know how to make it like worth doing I guess I just felt like I just felt like it wasn't quite of substance enough but Haley kind of pushed for it so that's always a good sign to me because it means it might actually be worth working on. And then I played around with like an electronic beat on it, which (laughs) we don't do that often, but it's fun to just like mix it up sometimes. And then we kind of added this like ending section that I actually, that might be my favorite part of the song now is that like Mm -hmm. little ending groove. And so I think like kind of just finishing off with some of those like particular little elements kind of brought it home for us. And now I'm pretty stoked to play it live, honestly. So 
Yeah, I think for the most part, when a song gets cut, it doesn't usually get revisited. But it's it's if there's something still in there, then we'll kind of dig deep for it. And y'all are putting out the EP on uh, your own label. And I'm curious about when you started the label and what have been like the biggest benefits you found in running that ship yourselves. We started that like during the pandemic because we kind of just thought we needed a way to sell merch online. Uh, There's like tax reasons that are kind of convoluted and tricky. So we eventually like set up that as our label in order to like put our own money into the bank and not have it be in our personals, which is really like boring. But also we thought, (laughs) you know, if this is hard for us to figure out, like maybe we can use some of the stuff we've learned and stuff we know from being in the music scene for a little while to help other people. So that's where it turned into kind of doing merch for other people. And that's kind of where it sits at this point. I don't think it's like a, a traditional label in any sense. Yeah. But, you know, we have fun with it. And what are your personal experiences of the music community in Chicago? And how do you feel it's what what sort of characteristics of, I guess, like the scene, as it were, make it like stand out from other places you've performed? I think the sheer number <laughs> like of bands and venues here is like astounding. And I think like, I, I really can't speak much for other cities because we've played in other cities, but you know, like never really had like, like too long of experience there or anything. But I think as far as just like the number of things, I find that like Chicago has so many spaces in terms of like when I'm booking a tour for a certain band, I have a kind of a good idea of how many venues I'm I'm picking from and like I don't know. I think besides maybe like I'm sure New York has a ton of places and maybe some other stuff, but like I, it's just like, there are so many spots to play here. It's, it's awesome. I think because of that and the music community here is, is very, very supportive of each other. And I've met some really, really cool people and a lot of people that are just willing to just help make stuff happen just for the joy of it without like asking anything in return. And I think like we honestly like, motivate each other and inspire each other because everyone is making really cool stuff and like making friends with like other creative people like photographers videographers that also want to make some cool stuff yeah we've just like stumbled upon a really good group of of people our age that are all kind of wanting the same thing and i don't know bumping each other up she pretty much nailed it i mean it's just a big expansive community of people all doing the same thing so i think it's it's cool to be a part of yeah that's really awesome I find that's very, really cool to be, because I don't know if I'm speaking, like, this is just my personal impression, but the scene in New York, I especially in Brooklyn, in Bushwick, I feel like is very similar and very supportive, but it's also, like, very, like, I don't know, like, siloed, because in New York, like, people just sort of mind their business, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you, is that where you're located? Yeah, that's where I'm located, yeah. Nice. And also, I think there's also, I don't know if it's just the air in just being in New York, but it also feels like, as opposed to like, I I don't know, like maybe Lawrence, Kansas, or (laughs) Chicago, or Philly, who are like more doing it for the art, a lot of bands here like want to be famous, you know, similar in, 
I assume it might be similar in LA, just knowing about the culture there, but I couldn't really speak to that because I'm not based in LA. But there's there's definitely some of that here, but I think for the most part, people are a little more scrappy and just trying to make yeah. it work. Yeah, the Midwest definitely brings that out of you. I've I've met a couple bands that came into like my venue from Brooklyn. Workwife, do you do you know them? Workwife, yeah, they're they're fantastic. They're so good. I mean, she's super nice. I'm all yeah. for them. And then I think is the band OK Cowgirl also from Brooklyn? Yes, they are. I met them as well. They both came to my venue and they were great too. And then is Dogs on Shady Lane from Brooklyn or is that is that the entire name Dogs on Shady Lane? I don't mm-hmm. think so. They're East Coast somewhere. I know they're East Coast. I think they might be Philly or something, but I'm trying to think if I know any, any other Brooklyn band. Oh, it looks like they're dual based in Rhode Island and New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Somewhere up there. They're really good. We met them. A bunch of those bands like came down here for a fest we played like a couple years ago. Oh, nice. And that was really cool to meet them. So yeah, I know Brooklyn's got some really big talent, which is awesome. You know what? Razor Braids? I know of Razor Braids. Yeah, that's another good one. That's a great name. Yeah, yeah. that's a good name. They're fantastic and great people as well. They just came off of a very lengthy tour and a stop at South by. Were you were y'all at South by this year? No, no. I submit every year. Maybe next year. Oh, thank God! I'm not the only person in the whole universe who didn't go. <laughs> yeah, no, I no heard it was awesome that. this year, but we'll keep trying, man. We'll keep trying. Yeah. Also, what are some of your favorite current? I guess the, it might be easier to just prompt both of you to pull up your Spotify recently played? Like, what have you been really into lately in Mm -hmm. rotation? Let's see. Great question. Oh, the band Second Grade. I love that band. They're from Philly as well. I've been listening to the new Wednesday record. Highly recommend. Mm -hmm. Really good stuff. They just played Um, like a huge like thing. They just did put on a huge event at TVI here in Ridgewood. And I heard it was like the Met for indie rock or something like that. What's what's it called? The venue? TVI. It's in Ridgewood, Queens, and it's oh, like a it's like a very old school, like rock and roll kind of classy, sleazy kind of vibe. It's really <laughs> cool. It's one, of my, it's one of my favorite venues here. But yeah, the new yeah. Wednesday record, that's awesome. Yeah, what else? Yeah, dude. Oso oh. Oso is always like constantly playing in my car. Like <laughs> the band is ridiculous. Haley, what, what are you gonna say? I got Mitski, I got Indigo to Souza, I got Granddaddy. Mm-hmm. Um, the new Hippocampus EP is out. Yeah, I've been bumping that. It's so good. We love Hippocampus. Cheek Face. Shout we love Cheek, Cheek Face. Face as well. Shout, shout out Cheek Face. We opened for them a while back when that was like the greatest show of our lives. Slaughter Beach Dog, I play a lot. Pup, I play a lot. Joyce Manor, like I said. Yeah, that's that's my stuff lately. Nice. A lot of good new stuff this year, yeah. Have you guys seen Pup Live? Not yet. Oh my no. god, I want to so bad. Oh, I've heard, yeah, there are some stories of people having some experiences at, at live. It's <laughs> so like vague. It, what not, kind not, of experiences? Not, not, not bad experiences. Like, not like traumatizing, like puking or shitting in the pit, like at Turnstile or whatever that Jeez. was. Did you guys hear about that? No, I didn't. It makes sense that it would be a turnstile, though. That's yeah. another really good record that came out recently. I love that new record. But yeah, like I hear at pup shows, like the lead singer will be like crowd surfing to the bar to do shots and like <laughs> that's funny, like flying at each other in circle pits. 
and I would love to experience that one day. Like that I have, band like is so fun. Yeah, I they're definitely on my live bucket list after like things that I've heard. Yeah, that band is unbelievable. Everything they put out is amazing. Yeah, I saw Sweet Pill the other night with a Pink Shift and Origami Angel. Oh, nice. dude, how was it? It was wild. I as soon as Pink Shift's set started, like that was one of the few shows that I've been to lately where like the entire crowd was so packed in and equally hyped for all three acts. Like, nice, that's. Cool. But as soon as Origami Angel started, like I was just sandwiched in between two like really burly dudes, like and just like yeah. swaying back and forth because I because I was sort of being squashed like near the pit but not in it, and I was like, I need to get out. <laughs> I need to run. Yeah, to the Origami bar. Angel is amazing. I can definitely see that being a very intense pit because like that music is just like go 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 like there's just not a dull moment there's just like so many moments in in their stuff that are just like this is the most energy you've ever like heard of out of a band ever it's wild i would love to see that band live oh yeah they're they're on tour right like right now i'm not sure if they've already stopped in chicago yet but would recommend for sure. not on this tour unfortunately they came to milwaukee with that lineup maybe they'll be on a fest here in the summer or fall Sometimes that's how it shakes out, but yeah, that's a great band. Yeah, fingers crossed. That that first album, no, well, not first project, Somewhere City. That album was so good. Yeah, dude, amazing. What have been some of the recent shows that y'all have been to that you had like really like fun out of body experiences at, like re recreational, not for work? <laughs> that's tough. Who did I, who did I just? I, I thought I just went to a show like that and like Did you? An edible. I like recently I like ate an edible at a show and it was like awesome, but I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> it's hard to remember. I don't get a lot of like shows that like I buy tickets for. Yeah. Mostly we do like have Hippocampus coming up. We have Hippocampus tickets in May. For. Yeah. We're so excited. I'm seeing Charlie Bliss this Friday. That's going to yeah, be a lot I'm of fun. I'm seeing Flaming, Flaming Lips next week, which I think will be Yo, cool. Yo, where are they playing? Salt Shed. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah we have this place called... Uh, another venue opened up in Chicago. It's called the Salt Shed. It's I like have a not five been I haven't either. They made it out of the old Morton Salt Factory. So there's like this giant logo like on the roof. And it's like got both an indoor section and an outdoor section. And both of them are just like massive. So there's like a ton of huge tours coming there in the summer. Which is very exciting. Yeah. But I'm I'm trying to remember like a show that we like we didn't play or like that wasn't at one of the venues that I work at that I like actually paid for and I'm struggling. I all I can think of is Indigo to Souza when we saw her, but that was a while ago. So. That was a while ago. That was a while ago. We saw Slaughter Beach Dog. Oh yeah, that was great. Was that this year? That might have been the end of last year, but mm. yeah, recently-ish. It was a great show. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess I haven't. I bought tickets for a day of Pitchfork this summer. Big Thief is headlining, and I'm very excited to see them. I have never seen them live, and I don't remember who else is playing. But that's be fun. But I guess like most of those shows are are coming up. I haven't really seen like a like a I don't know, just like a regular show in a while. Yeah, I feel like the winter is a little bit slow around here. Yeah. Yeah, but that's cool to be where you are and know you can go to like Pitchfork Fest without having to fly there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have, yeah, we have Pitchfork here. We have Riot Fest here. 
We uh, have Lala. I don't go to Lala though. It's really I don't go to a lot of them because they're expensive. They're but... expensive, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. There's like didn't the Wonder Years and just announced like a really like stacked fest over there. I don't know where it is. Maybe might be in Pennsylvania, but like it's like Wonder Years, Sweet Pill, Origami Angels on there too. Philly has like a strange section of like some really good music festivals because I remember like Bleachers puts on a really good fest each year there too shadow of the city or something like that in new jersey i don't know i feel like i always take like our location for granted when i see like stuff happening on the east coast that i really want to go to or like california stuff that i really want to go to but we have we have it pretty good here i need to I need to count my blessings hmm. here's another question i came up with on the spot that i'm curious to know who are some <laughs> of your problematic faves <laughs> oh so I used to like swimmers, but I don't anymore. But like, I think they're making a comeback because they keep like sending me emails, even though I unsubscribe. So that's kind of pissing me off. Yeah, but no, they've they've been touring. Yeah, usually if a band is like shitty enough, I don't, I'd just drop them out of circulation. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's like if uh, a song comes up on my playlist, maybe I'll I'll forget. But yeah. Oh my god, sorry. I would say like my biggest problematic fave is brand new. I don't listen to them anymore, or at least I try really hard not to. Sometimes I'll like have a day that I just break and I just have to do it. But that's definitely the big one for me because they got like super canceled because the lead singer was revealed to like have been a creep in like his younger days. Mm. And so like they were already planning on like stopping like being a band, but like they like cut themselves off even like earlier because of that. But it was just absolutely devastating to me. Like I have all of their records on vinyl, like I they're like one of my biggest musical influences. So that was absolutely soul crushing to see. It's hard to not have a bad taste in your mouth though when you hear something. Like Yeah, it sucks. You can't not think about it. It's it's horrible. And that's why we need to stop listening to men. <laughs> yeah. And before we wrap up, what does the rest of the year have in store for okay cool? We got well big stuff we open. just announced yeah, big things coming soon we just <laughs> announced a little bit of a tour which is going to be in late july slash early august with our friends from nashville called the dreaded laramie and so we're kind of just hitting a, a couple midwest dates with them which is gonna be really fun um we've got some f summer kind of fest stuff for the summer that haven't been announced yet but i'm sure will be announced pretty soon some really fun opening slots coming up that i'm very excited to announce and just rocking and rolling, I would say. Yeah. Anything I'm missing? So, yeah, we're gearing up for the best summer of our lives. Don't miss it. <laughs> and if you're ever in New York, hit me up because I would love to come to a show. We would love to come to New York, man. Like I think, versa, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, the stuff with that is just, like, we usually only have, like, about a week of time to use for tour. And so it's just a matter of, like, getting there and getting back in the span of a week and, like, being able to, like, have that also constitute like shows and all of that but i would absolutely love to play in new york one day we'll make it happen yeah definitely and it will it absolutely will like manifest, law of attraction yeah. just manifest it <laughs> so true <laughs> so true <laughs> and well thank you so much for your time and for joining me for this chat about the ep which sounds phenomenal and Thank you. about touring and such and problematic faves and <laughs> all that great stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah dude. this was fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us.
Thank you so much for listening to Sounding Out with Izzy, and thank you again to Bridget and Haley for joining me today. OK Cool's latest album, Fawn, is available on all DSPs. Remember to subscribe and sign up for the mailing list on my YouTube channel and written blog, both under the name A Girl's Two Sound Sense. Give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you in the next episode of Sounding Out with Izzy. Thank you.